Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. Coincidences happen all the time. If you've taken a tour through the Cabinet of Curiosities before, I'm sure you've noticed a few. Tales of unexpected meetings, or people in the wrong place at the wrong time. Sometimes those coincidences are just that, the unintended consequences of a random choice lining up with a specific moment. No premeditation, no effort. These things, as some might say, just happen. And sometimes the coincidence we find ourselves in is a little too perfect, almost as if fate had been planning it all along. That's how 17-year-old Erskine Eben might have described what happened to him. Erskine was a teenager in 1975. He went to school, hung out with his friends, and he swam in Bermuda's shimmering blue water every day. You know, usual teenager stuff. Okay, maybe not exactly typical, because Erskine lived in Bermuda, a group of islands often thought of as paradise. White sandy beaches, water so clear you can see straight to the bottom, and more than 300 shipwrecks lying beneath the waves. Yes, Bermuda is also home to one of the most mysterious and dangerous parts of the eastern seaboard, the Bermuda Triangle, but to the locals and thousands of yearly tourists, Bermuda is merely a beautiful collection of beaches and British history. But it's definitely not like other places. Sure, people drive cars to get from point A to point B, but almost everyone travels by bus, bicycle, taxi, or in Erskine's case, moped. A zippy little two-wheeler that allows citizens and tourists alike to navigate the island's narrow streets with ease. On July 21st, Erskine had been riding through the city of Hamilton, a British territory situated along one of Bermuda's main ports lined with colorful homes and shops along its wide roads. Summer was a busy time to be out and about on the island, and that meant that the roads were crowded. For a tourist, that can be a frustrating thing. But Erskine was not a tourist. No, he was a local. He'd lived there his whole life and knew what to expect from the vehicles that whizzed by him each day. However, on this day, Erskine ran into some unfortunate luck. To be more specific, a bit of bad luck actually ran into him in the form of a taxicab. On an island known for its high rate of traffic fatalities, Erskine became one of the 26 automotive deaths reported in 1975. We don't really know what caused the accident. We don't know whose fault it was or what sort of mistake the drivers made. Maybe Erskine was in the wrong place at the wrong time, or maybe it was the cab driver who slipped up. We don't have answers to a lot of the questions we might want to have answered. All we know is that Erskine collided with the taxi cab as they both reached the intersection. He was thrown from his scooter and died a short while later from his injuries. 
Like I said, there are a few details we don't know about this accident, but there are other details that we do know, and they are eye-openers, to say the least, because this wasn't the first time this taxi driver had been involved in an accident. One year earlier, almost to the day, in fact, the exact same taxi driver passed through the exact same intersection, colliding with another vehicle. Even more bizarre, the cab's passenger in both accidents was the exact same person, which should take the award for the most amazing coincidence ever. And it would, in any other story. But not this one. Because the victim in the earlier accident had also been a young man riding the very same moped. Not the same model or color. The exact same moped. It was all just too much of a coincidence to fathom. Yet it happened nonetheless. Which is why it's so memorable and so fascinating. The same cab. The same passenger, the same driver hitting two men riding the same moped one year apart. Some might call it a coincidence, but others see it as something bigger. Some might even call it a curse. Why? Because Erskine Eben actually knew the first man to die. Very well, in fact. You see, his name was Neville Eben. Erskine Eben's brother. This episode is sponsored by Intuit. Here's a story for you. Once upon a time, a young woman was haunted by the ghosts of bad financial decisions, with credit card debt and an empty savings account looming over her every day. But when she tried to ignore these ghosts, they only grew bigger and scarier. And these ghosts of her bad financial decisions were stopping her from living her best life. So she decided to face them head on and take control of her finances with help from Intuit. Intuit helps you face your financial fears with confidence through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. 
LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Variety may be the spice of life, but I like to think that there's something comforting about routine. Routine is familiar. It keeps us on track, focused even. Routine can be the difference between exercising daily or gaining 10 pounds in a month. Routine can also be the difference between life and death. For the choir members of the Westside Baptist Church in Beatrice, Nebraska, routine was key to their daily lives. Every Wednesday afternoon at 4.30 p.m., Reverend Walter Klempel would light the furnace so the church would be warm enough when practice started. He'd go home, enjoy dinner with his family, and then he, his wife, and his daughter would go back to the church at 7.15 p.m. for choir rehearsal. And every Wednesday at 7.25 p.m., Mrs. F.E. Paul, the director of the Westside Baptist Choir, would begin practice for the 14 other members who had arrived at 7.20. This had been their routine every single week for years, until the Wednesday of March 1st, 1950, that is. On that day, Reverend Klempel lit the furnace just as he'd done every Wednesday afternoon prior. Furnaces don't always stay on, however. They run for a time and fill the space with heat until the desired temperature is reached. Then they shut off and wait for the chill to return and begin the process all over again. But when Reverend Klempel turned on the furnace that afternoon, he was not aware of the broken gas pipe behind the church. He had no idea that when he turned on the furnace, he was filling the church with natural gas rather than heat. The reverend went home as usual. He relaxed for a little while before he, his wife, and his daughter enjoyed their supper together. Afterward, his daughter changed out of her school clothes and into a dress her mother had ironed earlier. Then, all three Klemples bundled up against the chilly pre-spring air for a walk to their weekly choir practice. At 7.25 p.m., the furnace started up once more. The gas had been building up inside for hours, working its way into every nook and cranny of the modest church. The gas ignited in a fiery blast that shattered every window in the building and sent the walls flying outward. The roof collapsed straight down over where the choir stood during practice. The explosion even took out a local radio station. Firefighters quickly arrived to put out the blaze, And once the fire had been extinguished, there was the task of recovering remains. Except there weren't any. Reverend Klempel's daughter had spilled something on her dress that evening. Her mother ironed a new one for her to wear, which kept the family home much later than anticipated. They were still at home when the church exploded. Choir member LaDonna Vandergrift always arrived to practice early, but on that night, the high school sophomore had been stuck on a particularly tricky math problem as part of her homework. Rather than give up and head to rehearsal, she decided to stay home and finish the problem first. The choir's pianist, Marilyn Paul, was supposed to be at the church by 6.45 p.m., but she'd fallen asleep after dinner. Her mother, also a choir member, woke her up at 7.15 and the two of them never made it to practice. Every member of the Westside Baptist Church Choir had a reason for being late that night, from car troubles to feeling under the weather. 
Not a single one was in the church when the explosion happened. The choir had never experienced such a night. I don't mean the explosion, which was definitely a first, but an evening when each person had been running late. A once-in-a-lifetime occurrence. Definitely a break in the routine. Call it a miracle, or a divine intervention, or even the luckiest of coincidences. But you have to admit, this may be the only occasion of a choir performing at its best, because it couldn't keep proper time. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Stay curious.